people like you and me, we're out here figuring out the right type of content. So I think marketers, they need to be obviously be thinking about what types of content work the best for these types of speakers, for these types of devices. And then also, of course, on the search side of things. For Monday, November 12th, 2018, this is episode 20, Marketing with Alexa Flash Briefing, my interview with Kiki Latalian. Kiki and I discussed flash briefings today and tomorrow, the great marketing opportunities and new technological applications for smart speakers like Lexi. You can watch the full video interview at youtube.com slash emilybinder on the Voice First Marketing playlist. Enjoy. Everybody. Welcome back to the Beetle Moment Marketing Podcast. We have a special interview this week with Kiki Latalian. Kiki is the CEO and founder of Amplified Growth, which is a digital marketing consultancy specializing in voice-first strategy, social media, and search engine optimization. Latalian is the founder of Association Chat, online community podcast, and Alexa Flash Briefing. It's a learning platform, and she hosts weekly industry chats. She's been doing it since 2009, definitely knows her stuff. Hi, Kiki. Welcome to the show. Hey, Emily. I'm so excited to be here. Yay. Me too. I know we've been trying to get this together for probably a couple months now, so I'm glad we finally did it. Yeah. Yeah, me too. So Kiki, I met you through the Voice First community, and I've been listening to your flash briefing for several months now. So tell me more about what you do and your flash briefing and your involvement with voice technology. Yeah. Okay. So um, I actually started out thinking about flash briefings as soon as I discovered what they were, mostly because my history is in working for associations doing digital strategy work. And what that's involved um, over the years has been social media, SEO, SEM, that type of thing. And along the way, um, I have focused a lot, of course, on building community. And how do you build community? but you figure out the best way to communicate and engage with people and, um, you know, the best way to get that information out to them. And so one of the ways that I have found is the most effective is in doing things like um, creating live stream broadcasts and podcasts and stuff like that. So flash briefings, seemed like an obvious step, an obvious thing to test out. And as you know, as we both are doing, um, testing that different format and that different channel has been uh, infuriating and exciting and all kinds of things at the same time. But that's kind of, that's kind of a, quick, uh, a quick version, a quick synopsis of how I got to where I am today. Yeah, that's really cool. And I thought it was neat when I found your flash briefing because I know a little bit about associations just because I have a marketing background, but it seemed like you were kind of the only one doing it, especially in your space and leading the way. So has it been effective and has your community, you have association chat, ass and chat. Ass and chat. It's proof that a pornographic sounding hashtag can work. So. It totally does. Yeah. Uh, so has it, has the community responded well? Are they adopting the flash briefing? Like, is it, is it working out? 
so it's working out, but it's not, so yes and no. Um, I'm still one of the only ones in the association space that's really putting out a flash briefing right now. And I would say that, you know, for a while, it, it may stay that way while people is kind of the high barrier of entry. But um, when I started also cross posting the flash briefings to the podcast channel, creating the audiogram for it um, and putting it on these different channels so more people had access to it. So wildly, people love that it exists. They love, and the people who have a smart speaker at home love that they exist. But for a lot of people, they still haven't even figured out, even if they have, you know, Lexi sitting on their, on their tabletop or something, they still haven't figured out even how to quite op optimally use it. And so um, for those people, they, they appreciate finding that type of content on different channels. And so it has been effective. I even have a client who has me creating a flash briefing for them and that's in the HR space. And, you know, they are seen as innovative for doing this new thing. And I hate to say it, or I kind of love to say it, but they're more successful than I am. Like their flash briefing yeah, I'm, it's the same person creating it. I don't I know. know. But their flash <laughs> briefing is more successful than mine is, but um, yeah. So it, it has been successful. It has been good. People have loved it. But if you look at the metrics, limited as they are, you know, it's like for actually listening to a flash briefing on the Amazon device itself, still has a, a far way to go. You know, right. And I mean, yeah. as you know, I've had some issues, technical difficulties myself along the way. Like it is early <laughs> days with this platform and yes. it's just everyday people, like creators. I mean, there's some agencies getting involved, but what I've noticed, and maybe you feel the same way, is the people on the ground that are doing it and kind of working out the kinks with it, like that's who you want working on it. You don't want somebody yeah. who doesn't really know like the grit that it takes to get this thing up and running. Yeah. Um, but it's been it's been fascinating to test out you know links and format and content types and and who responds to what and it's it's um yeah it's fascinating and I, I totally agree you need to have some grit and creativity and be right there on the ground doing it and not so separated and you know I, I don't think the same old types of content work on the flat with the flash briefings so. Agreed. I mean, so what do you think is effective for them? I can tell you what I know is not effective. And I've <laughs> seen okay. that. So what is not effective is super long and lists. Lists are horrific. They are like the death of any, when somebody goes into a list, I mean, most of us are listening, right? And so what, by the time the person hits and number four, you're like, oh, yawn, next, mm. you know? And so um, those types of things just don't do really well. If, if it's long form content, people would just rather listen to a podcast. Why would they listen to the flash briefing? And so, um, so those two things for sure don't work. I know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think it has to be uh, created for the platform. With, yeah. with that person in mind, with the fact that it's kind of a habit, it's part of their day, they're multitasking while they're hearing it, it yes. needs to be quick, you know, yeah. and, and nobody spends a ton of time listening to them. 
I think one of the things that's the most frustrating for me is that the way that I use it changes based on wherever I am. And so I, I mean, of course I have one, you know, when you're, when you're crazy, like we are, we have one everywhere. It's like, we want to speak to the air, the air responds. And so, um, I have one on my desk. This is where, when I'm getting ready in the morning, this is what I'm listening to, you know, but when I cook in the evening, I want different types of content. I want, I want to be able to categorize and organize my experience with, um, with what I'm, with what I'm experiencing, that what I, the content I want at the time, um, based on what I'm doing and where I am at that point, I can do more with my lights right now than I can with my flash briefing. And that seems bizarre. Like I can organize my lights to dim or brighten at a certain time. I wake up because of lights, not an alarm. And so why is it that I can, based on the time of day, list, you know, have my lights do different things, but I can't have my flash briefing do something different. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's a big frustration. Absolutely. And I I have a huge wish list for Amazon. (laughs) I can say, I can say, but I'll just say Lexi to spare everyone else. I've realized after a time of, you know, doing podcasts and just unplug the thing. Cause even if you do not disturb that wake word, it's just going. Yes. Um, Yes. So one thing I wanted to talk about, and this is the stat that's always thrown around. Yeah. Um, the 50% of searches will be done screenless by 2020, which is only 13 months away. Doesn't yeah. sound slow. 2020, long ways. No, it's like right around the corner. Um, so what do you think as far as with flash briefings or even custom skills, like you were mentioning with the lights and all the things we can do or hope to do, what, what is it that we can do with smart speaker technology for marketing, for branding? Like what, what is so powerful about it? Well, so the thing that I find interesting is so juicy and exciting for me to look at the content um, that's being produced for the smart speaker, because when we look at these search statistics, it's like, of course, you know, most of those searches are people who are looking for the local pizza place and they're wanting to like, you know, they're looking for directions. But if we move beyond that and we start thinking about all of the different things that these smart speakers are being used for now and that, you know, we have um, Alexa for business, we have the Alexa and being put into different automobiles. We have Alexa and ambulances. Did you see that they were, oh, I just turned her on. I should be Lexi. I should have turned her on. Anyway. um, (laughs) So but in ambulances, and then you saw that they, I'm sure you heard um, the other day that, you know, there was this news about how Amazon had filed so that they can, uh, a patent so that they can detect illness in people's voices, you know, using voice technology. And it's like, okay, um, obviously we're going to be using it for more than searching for pizza. So while we see the uptick and it's huge and people you know, getting their smart speaker devices, playing with them, finding out how to use them. People like you and me, we're out here figuring out the right type of content. So I think marketers, they need to be obviously be thinking about what types of content work the best for these types of speakers, for these types of devices. And then also, of course, on the search side of things, because the, you know, Google's algorithm has already changed and, you know, they are preferring content that's ready, already optimized for voice. Mm-hmm. Whether anybody thinks that anybody's going to search for, for their type of content right now, 
You know, I was talking with someone the other day and they said, I seriously doubt that anyone's going to be searching for my conference, you know, and it was like speech and language therapy. Anyone's going to be searching for my conference using um, voice search. And I said, but Google doesn't care right now. Like Google is uh, right now. Okay. I don't agree, but, um, but even if you don't agree with me, Google is going to prefer that your content is optimized for that and is going to provide a better, a better result. So if people are searching, typing it in, it's still going to come up higher if you optimize for voice. So I think all of us have to think about ways to build toward that. And, and I do believe that there's going to be more and more voice searches and more and more of our content is going to be pumped out using, using, you know, uh, our smart speakers. Right. You know, I, you mentioned the ambulances. I just heard a really interesting use for, it was, um, it's one of the open source smart speakers out there. And it was on the Vux World podcast. I'll put a link in the show notes. This is a really yeah. interesting application. So they have speakers in public buses and public transportations. They're, um, they're not speakers, they're microphones. And they're mm-hmm. recording how often people cough to track oh, sickness in wow. city. And then to use targeted advertising based on, okay, so in November in Detroit, we're seeing a spike in coughing on the bus. More people are sick. Pump out the ads for therapy. Kleenex. Yeah. Like Kleenex, whatever. Yeah. So like that yeah. to me, a huge marketing opportunity. It's a little bit, you know, creepy tracking, whatever. But I mean, you're in a public domain. You can be recorded now anyway. It's just this time they're actually yeah. getting health data out of it. That could be helpful. That could actually be helpful. It's helpful. Yeah. It is helpful, helpful for the marketers, but it also could be getting enough stuff, enough of the product in the area exactly when people need it. I right. Mean, right. I, I think that it could be used for enough. I mean, what about, I mean, what about healthcare facilities and stuff like that? Even before they start seeing people, they might be finding out information about an uptick in symptoms that are taking place in the area. It's fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or if something's starting to die down, that'd be helpful to know too. <laughs> yeah, know? absolutely. So um, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's interesting. You know, a lot of people are really afraid about the um, how private their lives are or are not. You know, and I see people uh, posting online about I would never put one in my room because they're always listening, and I'm like. Ah, uh, but you have a cell phone. You have a smartphone. Right. Like, are you, you know? using Facebook Messenger because are that's you? listening? That's been right. listening for years. I know. And so I, I feel like um, it's kind of a silly argument at this point. Or maybe it's not. But if it, if that is the argument they're sticking with, they have a lot more to worry about than just the smart speaker. True. I mean, we're tracked everywhere. There is no privacy anymore. No. Like, what do you... No. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe I'm being too trusting of Amazon, but... I feel like the utility that we get from it, which is in its infancy at this point too. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And like you said though, I mean, I think the most important message for brands and, and for marketers is even if you're not especially suited to a voice search, like show me where is the next association conference I should be attending. Like maybe that's not the most common voice search, but you will be rewarded for playing in the ecosystem when it gets to that point. We don't even well, know what yeah. it's going to look like. We don't know. And I will say that like after I got my very first um, Amazon Lexi, um, a big tower, you know, and I was oh, yeah. so excited. And, you know, testing, <laughs> testing all of it. And it was like, you know, how do you make a Manhattan? And it couldn't tell yeah. me 
when's this thing going to be on? It couldn't tell me, you know, and now it can do all of those things plus, plus, plus. And so, you know, it, its capabilities are amazing, but occasionally I'll test it by asking a question, you know, I'll ask a more difficult question. And I don't know if you, I mean, you probably do the same thing to just see how far can I go with this? Like it have, you know, how far have we gone? And, um, and it's getting better about identifying that information. So like answering questions is not just good for SEO on the website. It's good for pulling up your information for voice search and, thinking about that latent semantic indexing, you know, how people speak, how they ask, how they ask a smart speaker versus, I'm looking up here because this is where it is, how they ask a smart speaker versus how they type things in. It's so important to think about including that in your text copy that you're writing into your website because it makes it easier to pull that information up when people are asking, you know? Absolutely. So the natural language queries. Yes. What I tell clients, I mean, the simple, quick and dirty way to start doing this to optimize for voice search is look in your analytics, look at your search terms and start parsing out which one of these look like it, it probably came from a voice search and then work that into your natural copy. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you can I tell like that. the long string ones that came from somebody like mm, on their cell phone or maybe on their. <laughs> yeah, probably from me stumbling around trying to figure out how to ask for something. Yeah, it is. Have you found that you have changed the way that because you know that the way uh, that your smart speaker is going to find information, you're changing the way that you ask though that. The way that, because it's learning from us, we're learning from it, and we're sort of at this point, I feel like deciding on a common language that gets us the information that we're looking for. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you're you're right about she doesn't know how to answer certain things, but here's a fun test for everybody listening: ask Lexi if she's a feminist. Amazon has already programmed an answer for this. You'll be you pleasantly surprised. She's woke. Yep. Oh, she's woke. She's woke. <laughs> I haven't asked that. I need to do that. That's a fun one. Um, so we're just about out of time, but I wanted to ask you, what are some of your favorite flash briefings or even podcasts? Um, well, yours. Uh, oh. I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, and so I, seriously, um, I love all of your content. And whenever I see it, I'm always worried that I'm missing it somewhere else because, you know, I buy products because I've seen you talk about it. So you're, <laughs> yeah. um, and we've talked a little bit about this before. I like the, um, the I like Jen Laners. I like hers. I like the, uh, you turn me on to Bobby Bainey and, um, her marketing, her marketing flash briefing. Didn't you turn me on to her? I think you I did. I don't know if that was me. Huh. Um, and then I like the, uh, Ripley's weird minute. I like, I like something it's called the weird minute. It's daily and it gives you weird news on a daily basis, which kind of inspires me every day. You need a little bit of wonder, a little bit of mystery in your life, right? Absolutely. Those are Um, great answers. Thank you. Yeah. I, I look in, I listen to the tech stuff. I listen to Cheddar. I listen to some of that. Um, and they're, they are good. Uh, but I like some of those, I like some of the more grassroots ones, which are, you know, people who are kind of rough and tumble out there, uh, rogue, 
going at it and not these great big businesses that have a full production team backing them up on everything that they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Well, this has been great. I wanted to keep it short, but I'd love to have you back to talk about more because obviously we can go for hours. Yeah. So I am willing to come back, happy to come back whenever and uh, can't wait for the next time. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Kiki. Everybody, this has been uh, me, Emily Bender, interviewing Kiki Latalian. And we'll have links to all of Kiki's social profiles and where you can find her in the show notes. But quickly, Kiki, tell us uh, where can people find you? Uh, at Kiki Latalian is on Instagram and Twitter. It's hard to spell, but you'll still stumble across it because it's weird. And then you can also go to associationchat.com for any information about association chat. So including the flash briefing. Fantastic. Okay. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back next Monday with a brand new episode. Hope to see you then. Brought to you by our friends at Pippa. Pippa is the simplest, smartest way to share your podcast. Visit beetlemoment.com forward slash P-I-P-P-A to get a $25 Amazon gift card when you sign up. And we thank Pippa very much for their support of the show. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review in Apple Podcasts. You can go directly to the page at bit.ly forward slash beetle pod. That's bit.ly forward slash beetle pod. And you can rate and review, which will help others find the show. Thank you in advance. I do appreciate your review. For more about the show or to consult with me, visit beetlemoment.com. Tweet me at Emily Bender. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you again for listening. I'll see you next week.